This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, February 27th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle, very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Man, the month of February is almost over already, flies by. I guess that's the shortest month of the year, so it makes sense. But man, uh, hard to believe February is almost over already. A lot to get into on the show today, Steve. We're going to start off with some NFL draft projections for the Ohio State guys. We're going to talk about the uh, our national hoops nightmare being over. Uh, our statewide hoops nightmare being over, I should say. Uh, Ohio State finally winning a basketball game. And then we're going to talk about spring ball kicking off next week. And other than the obvious stuff, what we're most interested in hearing uh, and watching at spring ball. All right, let's start with the combine. So all these mock drafts are coming out, Steve. I just posted another one from CBS. It came out like early this morning. They have the three obvious ones going in the first round, C.J. Stroud, Paris Johnson Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And this is the latest one that I've seen that has Dewan Jones going in the first round. Um, so we, the, the, there's the three locks. Are you buying this Dewan Jones in the first round buzz? Yeah. You know, I think that people liked what he did at the senior bowl. He practiced for a day or two and really did a nice job and was kind of dominant, I think, during uh, some pass rush drills during the senior bowl practices and so I think people kind of got an example of what he's capable of doing. Um, I think DeWand, you know, four or five years from now has the potential to be a really, really good NFL offensive lineman. I don't know walking in the first day if you can just plug and play him at right tackle even. I think it may take just a little bit of seasoning and some development uh, for whoever drafts him. I mean, he's obviously got the frame. I mean, what is it, six, seven, six, eight, three hundred and sixty pounds, whatever he will, you know, dress out at at the combine. Uh, neat for him, he'll be in the combine in his hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana. So he'll be getting some home cooking over there, and hopefully, uh, be uh, in his element over there. And hopefully, he does really well. I think he'll impress teams. Uh, you know, when he opens up, he's. I wouldn't say he's an introvert. But I think that he's a guy that you kind of have to warm up to or he needs to warm up to you, perhaps, is a better way to put it. And so that personality, he's got a great personality. It's just got to come out. So we'll see. And I think that's the same for all these guys. Paris Johnson, you know, man, I wish the Cincinnati Bengals could take him in the first round. Man, oh, what would I do that too. Be? 
Yeah. They'd have to trade down probably to do that, but uh, or trade up. I'm sorry. I'm getting my yeah. ups and my downs confused because I think he's going to be gone by about the 12th to 15th pick, but uh, he's really made some uh, big inroads. I think as people have studied his tape, I think he's a first rounder. I think Dewan could definitely be a late first round pick. And that, as I said, would probably be a good thing to go to a contender to where he's not counted upon to start. He could go uh, to the Bengals. You're talking yeah. late first round, and you're talking a team that needs a right tackle, and that you add it all up. Bengals sitting there at 28. You're right; they're not going to have a chance of getting Paris Johnson Jr. And I think he, I think he would do well though. there. I think he'd do well there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, four first rounders. Man, just adding to the record, Dave. They have the record right now over USC for all time first round picks, and going to have another three or four this year. Uh, Stroud, to me, I don't get all the Stroud hatred uh, dropping him down however many number of spots or whatever. Uh, I don't get that. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see where he lands. And Smith the Jigba, we honestly don't know, is he back healthy? What What is his health situation? Well, I tend to doubt he will run at the combine hmm. if he's not 100%, obviously. Does that mean he runs at OSU's Pro Day? Uh, does he want to run at the combine to show everybody he's healthy? You know, a lot of lot of thought there between he and his uh, agent, you know, what uh, what they're going to do. As far as the other guys, probably middle to, to late round picks for a lot of the other ones. As we talked, Ronnie Hickman, maybe four, five, six in that range uh, could could be a possibility for him. Uh, Luke Whippler is a guy who's made, moved up some charts. He could be a second, third rounder, perhaps, uh, you know, at center. Um, who am I missing that is coming out in this draft? One more. Well, I was going to ask you about Whipler. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you touched on him. Let's, let's talk about him. Uh, we'll get into Zach Harrison, Ronnie Hickman, and Cam Brown are the other ones. But Whipler was the one that surprised me. Um, but I, I think, I mean, most people are projecting him. He's going to go no worse than the third round. I've seen him as high. Well, one guy had him going in the first round. That's the only one. But there's like 500 mock drafts. I think a lot of people haven't pegged for the second round. Where do you think Whipler will go? And were you surprised, like I was, that he decided to leave early? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but I had heard him talk before the Peach Boy. He said if he did a good job against Georgia's defensive front and came out of that with a good grade, that that would sway his thinking. And so he must have played pretty well in that game to, to come away with the idea that he should go pro. And – you know, two seasons as the starter at Ohio State, that's that's a good body of work, I think, for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I want to see how he does. And, again, he's a guy who's going to be very impressive talking to teams uh, at the Combine. And, um, you know, he'll have some value, definitely. So uh, I think that uh, he, he may have made the right decision. You know, it's hard to tell until they get drafted exactly, you know, how to make of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for Whipler. And, and, you know, would it have been great if he'd come back to lead the offensive line one more year at Ohio State? Certainly, because that center position is uh, very important and it's wide open now at Ohio State. So, uh, but, yeah, I want to see uh, how Whipler does uh, uh, during the, the measurable type things that they're going to have for him there in, uh, in Indianapolis. Yep, and you'll be there covering it for us as usual. I should have mentioned the Combine kicks off later this week. Steve covers it every year, and Steve will be there covering it for us again this year and covering it for all, all of 24-7 sports. Um, all right, so we hit the, the top five guys. 
Uh, Zach Harrison, Ronnie Hickman, and Cam Brown. Let's get into them. Zach Harrison will probably be the next one off the board, you would think, after Whipler. Maybe he'll go before Whipler. I don't know. Uh, where do you think Zach Harrison's going to go? What round? I would say third round. Um, he's yeah, a guy but... that's going to have all the measurables, and if they just draft off, you know, height, weight, arm length, and all that stuff, he's going to be way up the charts, probably run pretty well. Um I think that that's, that's important, obviously. I think production also has to be a part of this. And, you know, was was he – did he – did his production match up with being a five-star coming out of high school? No, quite frankly, probably not. But, again, NFL is looking for a certain skill set and uh, measurables and these kind of things, and they'll teach you how to play football, I suppose. But uh, – uh, I would say third round for him is probably about right. And if somebody falls in love with him, maybe even in the second. Uh, as far as uh, Ronnie Hickman, I said maybe fourth, fifth, sixth round. Cam Brown, fifth round maybe. Um, you know, I, I like those guys. I think they're good players. I think Hickman would have been well served to come back and play one more year of college football. He had two really good years as a starter, though. Was among Ohio State's tackle leaders. But uh, I think one more year playing for Perry Eliano uh, would have would have maybe cinched him a little higher in, in the draft. But uh, again, uh, you know, again, these guys are going to go out there. This is their big job interview. They get to put themselves out there both uh, from the the, uh, the the personality standpoint, uh, from a football X's and O's standpoint, and certainly from the physical traits that they're going to show uh, on the field with their running and uh, the three-cone drill and all that stuff that they're going to do. To me, I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching all that unfold this week in Indianapolis. All right, we're going to talk some more football in a moment. We're going to get into some spring football, but got to get into the fact that Ohio State's hoops nightmare is finally over. The nine-game losing streak has been snapped. They were half-point underdogs yesterday to Illinois at the shot, and the Buckeyes took it to them. They won the game by 12 points. Um I didn't think they'd win that game, and they, you know, but they got it together. Uh, Bruce Thornton played well. Um, a lot of guys played well. So, uh, hey, the nine-game losing streak is finally over. So now they're going to go on a run, win the Big Ten tournament, and get in the NCAA tournament, right, Steve? No, yeah. they're not going to do that. But at least no. you got a chance to cover a win yesterday. How'd that feel? Well, it was different. I'll say this, and uh, long time coming. Uh, Thirty-six days it had been since they'd beaten Ooh. Iowa over five weeks. And uh, it was the first time they had a double-digit lead in a game back to uh, that win over Iowa. First time they'd led at halftime since the the win over Iowa. And they came out and played an outstanding first half, led by as many as 15 points there late in the half. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh and Bruce Thornton, the dynamic duo, it's unfortunate that the wins aren't there because they are the best freshman duo you know, Ohio State's had. You think about Greg Oden and Mike Conley, and then obviously uh, Aaron Kraft and Jared Sullinger in 2010-2011, uh, that season, the things that they were able to accomplish together. So these guys are right up there, you know, with every type of contribution that you can think of except the wins. And obviously to uh, to win that game yesterday, what was missing on Thursday night against Penn State was the contribution from the older guys. The older guys were 9 of 30, uh, which is 30%, according to my math. Uh, the younger guys were 60% from the floor on Thursday night. 
on Sunday against Illinois, it was balanced out a little bit better. You got nine points from McNeil. Uh, let's see, uh, 14 points and 11 rebounds from Suing. Uh, nine points out of nowhere from Eugene Brown the third. I mean, this is a guy who has struggled offensively in his three-year Ohio State career, but uh, he came through at the right time. And Isaac Likely, though he didn't score, he had a few rebounds. He had a few assists and a steal or two and played great defense on Terrence Shannon, the outstanding guard from Illinois. And so it all adds up to a win, 72-60. to 60. I think Illinois played into Ohio State's hands. Uh, Brad Underwood, not necessarily known as a Mensa candidate. Uh, I, I, I don't think that uh, Illinois played a really smart game, some of their shot selection. Mm-hmm. I think they thought with how easily they beat Ohio State the first time around, this was just going to be a personal appearance for them before they moved on to their next game, and uh, shot selection was really bad. They were, uh, they didn't, they didn't rebound very well either. They dominated the boards against Ohio State the first time. This time around, that was flipped almost exactly the same numbers in reverse. So Ohio State uh, got gritty and uh, won this game, and now they're playing a red hot Maryland team that uh, just blistered Northwestern on Sunday at home. Maryland coming in, of course, Maryland beat Ohio State. I think it was 80-73. to 73. That was the first game Zed Key missed after his injury against Purdue there back in January. And so uh, Buckeyes have to stop Jameer Young in this game. That'll be the key if they can put one of their defensive stoppers on him. That'll be the, the key. And just trying to, you know, have some good feeling around this team, Dave. This season is over in 12 or 13 days. <clears throat> it's over. There is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You do not win five games in five days. I know, what was it, UConn did it with Kimball Walker, either the American or the Big East, you know, one of those bloated tournaments. Probably the – I don't remember what year it was, but – Old Big East probably, yeah. Old Big East, yeah, was really bloated. And uh, and so this, you know, the Big Ten with 14 going to 16 teams is going to be like that going forward. But – yeah, you have to win five games in five days. And I could see them maybe winning one because as it stands right now, I think they would play Nebraska maybe in that first round or Penn State uh, on that Wednesday night. They are officially the 13 seed. They cannot fall to 14, and they can't catch anybody who's in front of them. Uh, they have four Big Ten wins. The teams in front of them have eight. There's only two games left. And Minnesota still only has one, so Minnesota can't catch them. And Minnesota's one is against Ohio State, of course. Yeah, so there you um, go. But, all right, so I want to I want to talk some spring ball that kicks off next Tuesday. So we're eight days away from from spring ball kicking off. Worlds are colliding, Steve. Although, as you mentioned, basketball is about ready to end anyway. In fact, it as you mentioned, pretty much has ended already. It's right, been spring, over for weeks. It's been, oh yeah, it's been over since basically they they uh, after they couldn't beat Purdue. When they had a chance to beat Purdue and Zed Key got hurt, as you mentioned, it's like things have not been the same since then. So anyway, and that was the first week of January. So other than the obvious stuff, like we're going to be paying close attention to the quarterback battle. We're going to be paying close attention to who's going to fill in these spots on the offensive line, who's going to be on the two deep in the offensive line, all that, the defense, um, you know, can it improve and not give up big plays? But what are maybe some things that not a lot of people are talking about that you're going to be focused on when spring ball kicks off, Steve? Well, uh, I think uh, areas on defense that still need work, they need to develop some new uh, pass rushers, probably at defensive end. 
I mean, you know, you've got JT Tui Malo, Allen, Jack Sawyer, but, you know, you need some of those other younger guys, maybe Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, mm -hmm. some of those other guys to step up. So I think that's an area that, uh, that, that they really got to bolster the depth. Linebacker, they're pretty good, but you want to see if C.J. Hicks can make some inroads maybe this spring and does he take some reps away from somebody. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, we talked about it. You lose Hickman, you lose Brown. Uh, you know, they're in the secondary. So, and McAllister's gone as well. So that's three open spots in the secondary, two at safety, where you think they've got some good depth with Sonny Styles, Kai Stokes, uh, Cam Martinez, and, and several others that'll be given a, a shot to win some playing time there. At corner, I mean, that is uh, obviously one of the key positions on defense. I think Denzel Burke will rebound from the sophomore jinx that he had in 2022. He'll be playing great in a contract year 2023, trying to get to the NFL. So I think uh, I think he's going to have a very good year. But who, who opens up at corner opposite him? Is it Jair Brown? Is it Jordan Hancock? Who can it be? Got some guys working through some injuries as well. I think but, the old Miss uh, transfer might be in there. Davison, What's that? Yeah, the the, the uh, Davison Igbenosen. Yep. Yes, he he definitely would be in this mix. Jihad Carter at safety from Syracuse uh, would be in this mix as well. So some new faces. Uh, obviously, you have a lot of true freshmen who are enrolling early, who will be in in camp as well, and you'll get a get a first glance at some of them. So uh, that all comes next Tuesday, I believe, is the first day of practice, and uh, we'll be out there. Uh, with our, our cameras and, and video cameras trying to capture it all and really excited, you know, to, to get it back out there this spring and and start the build, start the climb. I mean, they made the final four in uh, 2022, made the playoffs and, uh, you know, the, the sky is the limit. And that's the goal again for this Ohio State team to, to get back and win the Big Ten championship and get back in the playoff in uh, 2023, the last year of the 14 playoff before they're assured of being in the playoff every year after that. So I say with a, with a smile and a, and a grin, but uh, yeah, it uh, this this is a, a big year for Ryan Day. I think expectations are high, and uh, expectations are high in that things are very much expected of this team, and uh, that includes beating Michigan and winning the Big Ten, and it all starts next Tuesday. Great segue. Yeah, you can't lose to Michigan three straight years. Michael on Facebook, we're going to close the show with this, has a question for you, Steve. Michael on Facebook. Hey, Steve, what do you think about Michigan's players guaranteeing a national championship for next season? He said he caught wind of that, and they go into Ann Arbor. He hopes that Ohio State catches wind of that and goes into Ann Arbor and smokes Michigan next year. What do you think of Michigan guaranteeing a national championship? I, I actually did not see them do that, but uh, Michael on Facebook says um, – Ohio State's owned Michigan and Michigan other than the last two years, but um, apparently they have guaranteed a national championship this year, Steve. Yeah, I wasn't really aware of that, but, you know, uh, they have a lot of reason for optimism with the quarterback McCarthy coming back and Blake Corum and, and a lot of good pieces over on defense as well. I think they've only got three or four guys going to the combine, so uh, not many, you know, off that team. I think it's Mozzie Smith and maybe a DB or two are, are going. Uh, so, uh, you know, they've got a lot of good talent coming back there as well. So I, um, I'm of a mind that they're going to be right there at the end of the year. It could be unbeatens going against one another, although Penn state is supposed to have a pretty good team as well this year. So, uh, you know, 
they've they've won the last two years. They've been the best team in the Big Ten for the last two years. Let them enjoy their fun, and uh, you know, again, uh, it's one thing to kind of you know talk about it in January and February, but it's another thing to to do it on the field in October, and November, and that's when championships are won and. And, uh, you know, I, I think Ohio State, you know, despite the game being in Ann Arbor, I think Ohio State has the better team. And, you know, can they go into Ann Arbor and prove it? That's what it's all going to come down to. And and so, you know, if Michigan thinks they're a national championship team this year, uh, you know, bully for them. But, uh, you know, the, there'll be a time when when all the talk will subside and you got to put it out on the field. Ohio State hasn't done it against Michigan the last two years. Uh, double-digit losses both years, and, and now it's time to uh, to change that, be a new quarterback for Ohio State trying to get it done, which makes it maybe a little bit more difficult, particularly on the road up there. That quarterback will have never seen anything quite like that, although Notre Dame will be a little bit of a daunting environment early, and Wisconsin will be a, a tough environment at midseason. So so maybe, maybe they will have seen something similar to that when they get to Michigan, but uh, – you know, I think uh, the Buckeyes will put their best foot forward. And to me, this is their year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can pull it off. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much for your insight, Steve. Thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. 